0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary.
1: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Purple Mafia is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's nice to finally be back on board with you once again today. The lawn cleanups are done. It's cold, and that's good. I'm glad it's cold. I'd rather it be cold rather than wet and rainy like it was immediately after we finished the lawns and we froze to death because it was way colder just a couple days earlier and when we were out doing the lawns. But the lawns are done, so I can finally record regularly now, even after late games and all that good stuff. It's a Monday morning, and, well, we could be Monday morning quarterbacks all we want. We won the bleepin' game. The Vikings won 24-17 over the hated Green Bay Packers. Well, there you go. It's about time we uh, won a game, right? No, <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry I was away for the Bears game and all that, and boy, it's been a long time since Tribble Mafia's been recorded. What was it, November 4th? Because you had the Bears, uh, excuse me, the uh, Detroit game, which was a lot of fun, but was almost too easy. That's a coach that's not going to last long. The coach of the Packers, Mike McCarthy, is probably not going to last long. He's no relation to Brett McCarthy, who is definitely a star candidate. I'm already saying that to start out the show. <laughs> and no relation to South Dakota's finest, Brett McCarthy, who is a future hall of famer for purple mafia without a doubt by the way um so he's definitely on the ballot this year we'll say (laughs) um point made the vikings won the game that's good the other point made the vikings stunk against the chicago bears the score was okay 25 to 20 but the vikings scored late in that one we're not going to go hard and heavy into that we'll just go into some of the conversation you guys had including a call from brent jacobson i apologize it may have been from the detroit game it may have been that far back, but like how I had already recorded that type of thing. But one way or another, Brent Jacobson will be on the air today, finally. So I apologize to Brent Jacobson, and I apologize to all of you that it, I was away for a week. Of course, lawn cleanup still needed to get done. The pressure was on. We basically were up against a, a wall, like you wouldn't believe. And then we ba- and we crossed the Delaware River on a fr- freezing cold Friday <laughs> into a into a snowy night on Friday <laughs> Friday before Thanksgiving and. Yeah, well, luckily things uh, improved after that, but um, here we are again today. Things hadn't even finished by Sunday into Monday, uh, but we're here today. Point made. I'm dragging this out. Minnesota 24-17. It wasn't the best game you ever saw, but Kirk Cousins played, I would have to say, his best game as a Viking in U.S. Bank Stadium. I would have to say that. Uh, mediocre against San Francisco. Terrible against Buffalo. Should we go down the list? Awful against the Saints. Well, he wasn't that awful, but he got worse. Yeah, he was bad against the Saints. He started well, and then things went downhill. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Well, he'd, he'd had a much better road record. Great against the Rams. Great against the Packers. Great against Philadelphia. Awful against Chicago. Easily his worst game was if I against Chicago. Maybe the only one that rivals that would be the game against the Buffalo Bills because everybody sucked in that game. The defense sucked. The offense sucked. This sucked. That sucked. The coaches sucked. The weather was probably nice if I remember correctly. That was a while ago. What am I talking about? I don't know. <clears throat> Aaron Jones, the other Aaron, had a solid game. It's like we barely knew who this guy is. He's just coming on the scene. And he's he's got a nice future in the league. Watch out for the Packers in the next couple years. By the way, they have a nice young secondary. They have a nice young running back, and Aaron Rodgers is obviously a great quarterback when utilized properly. And he was not utilized properly, and that's one of the major stories of the game. Some of the, some of the decisions, not good. Um, there's nothing wrong with going for it on fourth down, particularly when you kind of have to at times. And but the decision to run right at Linval Joseph, that was something that you look at. That was freaking stupid. The decision to have Latavius Murray run right into two unblocked Packer defenders on the defensive line. That was stupid. So you saw multiple coaching decisions in the game that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, You saw Kirk Cousins run out a... (laughs) Gosh, that was so frustrating. You saw Kirk Cousins run out the clock late, and that ended up costing uh, the Vikings a few yards. That was frustrating. You also saw the Vikings get a false start when Dan Bailey would have made a 51-yarder. That was extremely frustrating. That was in the second quarter, of course. You saw Dan Bailey miss a 58-yarder. Then you saw him miss a 56-yarder, which we can forgive, even though we were very frustrated about. That's just kind of how it goes. It was a 14-14 to uh, half. Then Dan Bailey finally was able to make a kick to put the Vikings ahead. Thank God, that one was 37 yards away. That one, yeah, he misses that. It's like, okay, Dan Carlson, Daniel Carlson, whatever you want to call him, of the Oakland Raiders. You got to see that. Uh, it would have been another one of those. But um, you can't get too mad at a guy for missing a 56-yarder after making a 51-yarder that was blow dead, whistled dead because of a bleeping false start. So there were things in this game that made you think, we should be winning. And then you saw... Bad defensive plays by the Vikings early on. The first half, you saw the defense not look so great. And you saw the uh, offense go three and out multiple occasions. That made you think, it's a miracle we're tied. So it could have gone either way very quickly. Like a very volatile stock. Like it's this thing's going to go quickly one way or another. And then it just never did. It, it, it got positive in our direction, finally, after Bailey's kick. But um, that's kind of how that was. You got to see a very nice screen pass. We got to see the Vikings utilize their running back properly. The other number 33, the Packers 33 in Aaron Jones. And of course, the, pa- the Vikings running back in Delvin Cook. The running game itself, very mediocre. Uh, Latavius Murray and Delvin Cook, just about every time they'd run up the gut, it seemed like. And then you heard this. And you know what that means? two yards in a cloud of dust, one yard in a cloud of dust, maybe three yards in a cloud of dust, but that's pretty much what the Vikings average on the ground, but you did get the beautiful screen pass, which of course led <laughs> J. Cook all the way into the end zone, that was awesome, that was a great play, you could say that was the, one of the highlight offensive plays of the game, you saw Adam Thielen basically catch a ball uh, amongst two defenders, as if it was just, it was a, obviously a perfect pass, but it was a spectacular catch, Stefan Diggs, a spectacular player as well throughout the game. Adam Thielen back into the, the hundred club. And amazingly, Randy Moss's best season for Minnesota in terms of hundred yard games was eight. Adam Thielen now is nine. He opened up the season with eight. He finally got to his he finally got a hundred again after a two game drought. Gosh, what a slacker. Gosh, Adam. Jeez. But no. The Vikings uh, struggled mightily against the Bears. And, of course, uh, Adam Thielen couldn't get it done against the Lions. It just wasn't meant to be that day. Easy win for Minnesota anyway. Stefan Diggs looked a lot better than he had. He's he's healthier again. And, boy, uh, it looks like he's finally going to get into the 1,000-yard club. Adam Thielen is already there. He's got over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns on the season, including a beauty in this game. Stefan Diggs also a beautiful touchdown that helped put the Vikings in position to win the football game. Uh, you got to see a weird celebration. They're nice and everything, but I don't care about them. I mean, just win the game. Just win, baby. So I, I agree with some of you out there that might feel that way. Just win, baby. It's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot more important things than that. Um, you got to see the offensive line let Kirk Cousins down at occasion as well. You saw him get sacked, but at least you saw the Vikings defensive line dramatically take over there into that third quarter, which helped the Vikings build that lead and maintain it. Into the third quarter, the Packers only score three points in the second half, if you can believe it. But again, poor coaching decisions by Mike McCarthy, also a huge part of things. I almost said Brett McCarthy because I got Brett McCarthy on my mind. <laughs> Kirk Cousins was great, generally speaking, with his passing. Some of his decision making in general, like there are, there are certain times where you feel if he ran, he could totally get this, he could totally get the first down. And then when he does run, he just never gets it. Like he'll get, if you need 13, he'll get 11. If you need two, he'll get one. If you need six, he'll get five. You know, and that's pretty much how it is with Kirk. (laughs) He just cannot get there. Unless it's one, he'll get one. And on occasion, he'll dive forward and get it. Um, An overall dramatic game. Only one turnover, which was a fumble lost on the punt and the Vikings appreciated that very much that was huge that pretty much wrapped the game up to be quite honest oh man that felt good and of course of all people to recover the fumble after it bounced up through a bunch of purple gloves there it was uh Marcus Sherrill's that kind of figures it's funny how Marcus Sherrill's was on both sides of the ball in that case uh, beautiful moment there for Minnesota but you didn't see Kirk Cousins make that that huge brain fart that was good other than one of those uh one of those times where the Vikings ran out the clock. They just took too long in the first half, and that hurt Dan Bailey's chances to have a well more makeable field goal at the ha- end of the half. That was extremely frustrating. Vikings end up not getting any points down the stretch in that one. Kirk Cousins, though, again, really appreciate his accuracy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers... He didn't turn the ball over, but he was sacked multiple times in the game, four total. Uh, Kirk Cousins only sacked twice, but he was hurried, like uh, you know, he was hurried constantly throughout the game. <clears throat> and of course, the bad down pass when the Vikings went for two deep into Packer territory that was depressing. Uh, Green Bay at least had poor field position, but well, we all know what Aaron Rodgers can do. Even no matter what yard he's on, we know it can happen, and that can be quite devastating. Uh, Some of the decision-making, though, on both sides, questionable. I mean, you're running up the cut against the the heart, the glut of the Vikings and Packers defense, and that definitely could drive people crazy on occasion. Aaron Rodgers, again, hurried nonstop throughout the game. He would rush for a couple first downs, which was nice for him, I suppose, but generally speaking, the Vikings defensive line literally took over the game in the second half, and that was awesome. Looked like the Giants of old. Looked like the New York Giants about five five to ten years ago. That was awesome, Uh, and that was uh, definitely... (laughs) That was definitely a game-breaker for Aaron Rodgers. Daniel Hunter, definitely a factor throughout the game. Uh, The guy who was the most dynamic, I'd have to say, was Sheldon Williams. Even though Eversett Griffin was outstanding, you got to see Sheldon Williams finally really step out of there, step out into the spotlight, and he had an awesome game at the end of the day. A couple of sacks, seven total tackles, including some helpers along the way, four assisted tackles, and you combine them all together. Xavier Rhodes would come up lame very late, After a Rodgers-to-Adams connection, Xavier Rhodes came up lame with a hamstring. We're not sure the status of that. He was trying to keep it straight, but he refused uh, to get any help. He just kept walking, so maybe it was just a massive cramp, a la LeBron James type of style. So I'm not sure what to make of that. You're not hearing any horrible news about it, but sure as hell hope that Xavier Rhodes is healthy against a certain GOAT quarterback, and uh, I don't mean GOAT is in a negative form. I mean greatest of all time. Next week in Foxborough, that's going to be a real easy game, I think. Easy. Easy. Yep. Easy. Uh-huh. I wish. <sighs> Tom Johnson and Everson Griffin also added sacks. Everson Griffin had a uh, had a moment in the game that I thought was going to kill us. Luckily, the Vikings would still stop the Packers, though. Oh, with an incomplete pass. Thank God for that. Third and... What, what was it? Third and... Third and nine... And then Linval Joseph, or not Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin jumps off sides after a hard count from Aaron Rodgers. And then it was third and <laughs> third and four. He figure, oh, they're going to get it again. Great. But luckily, they just didn't get it. So thank God for that. The Vikings defense getting the job done. Again, poor coaching decision there. Again, running up the middle into Linval Joseph. And that's what cost the Packers throughout the game was the coaching decisions. They did not utilize Aaron Rodgers because when Rodgers passes, when Rodgers has a chance to throw the ball, It's game over some, you know, it's game over most of the time. Sometimes guys drop the ball. Sometimes guys step out of bounds. Like Devontae Adams has stepped out of bounds, so the play was dead. You can't go out and come back in. So that's what took place at one key point. That could have been killer, too, because the guy was wide open. Oh, he was wide open a la Stefan Diggs, we all know that memory (laughs) just imagine if something funny happened there but luckily it didn't, Adams might have gone pretty far after that but uh, he had already stepped out of bounds and even if it was just a plain Jane completion it still was about 22 yards down the field and well, once they get into any type of uh, momentum them being the Packers, things can happen and luckily it just didn't go that way so thank God for that (sighs) Oh, Matt Weil actually had a really good game, I think. He kept the ball in position. He got it into the 20 only once, but generally the Vikings, when they had to punt, were pinned back pretty far. 59 yards long. Appreciate what Matt Weill brought to the table. Um... It was funny how we had some conversations in the in-game thread, how the Vikings are constantly a seesaw. The offense is great, now the defense sucks, like against the Rams. And then the defense is great, and the offense sucks, like against Chicago or whoever, or against the the Saints. The defense was pretty good against the Saints for the most part, but then the offense didn't show up. I mean, it it was great. It wasn't even for the most part. Drew Brees had all of his lowest numbers of the year, yet they still won because the offense turned the ball over like umpteen times. And you're not going to win football games that way. So that's just kind of how that went. At the end of the day. Let's go over a couple more things here before we wrap this section up and give pass out the awards and demerits, so to speak, for the show. For this uh section anyway. Generally speaking, again, great defense down the stretch, especially up the middle. Um Harrison Smith had a spectacular tackle at one point that cost the Packers there forced forced them to punt or actually kick a field goal. It was an incredible stop by Harrison Smith. It actually was a punt, and that was awesome. He got in there, he blitzed, and he got to that got to that running back at the last second. That was a great play by Harrison Smith. The guy is so underrated, and every time you think you know Harrison Smith is, uh, you, you think oh he's invisible. He never is invisible. He's he's always a factor at one point. You just don't realize it. And you just love what Harrison Smith brings to this team. His value is off the charts. Great game by Sheldon Richardson. Once again, I got to say, Anthony Barr, non-factor. So no broken collarbone for anything. And, and generally speaking, he, was, he wasn't he was near a whole lot of plays. They were avoiding him at times. And his his uh, counterpart, Eric Hendricks, his, his, his friend over there, Eric Hendricks ended up with seven total tackles. But most of them were assists. Daniel Hunter, huge factor against the running game down the stretch as well. He had four tackles. Usually, though, you know, know, usually don't get a whole lot of tackles, generally speaking, when you're more of a pass rusher, but still a great game. Uh, And Anthony Harris is looking more and more like he's ready to dethrone uh, Andrew Sandejo from his position. Anthony Harris, huge factor the last few weeks against Detroit, and he was even good against Chicago, this and that. So we really appreciate what he brings at the end of the day. The Fran Tarkington Award for this show, it could go to multiple players. Kirk Cousins had a great game. Daniel Hunter was, was, a, was a big factor. Sheldon Williams, I want to give it to Sheldon Williams. Sheldon Richardson, why am I calling him Sheldon Williams? I am keep getting distracted with that, but uh, Sheldon Richardson ultimately I think deserves it. He, he was pressuring Aaron Rodgers throughout the game, and he had a very strong performance. He looked like the three technique we had signed in the offseason for 12 million bucks. Even though you know twelve million isn't even like a lot for some of these these guys when they're at the top of their game, but I'll take twelve million any day of the week. Uh, awesome, awesome game for Sheldon Richardson. Huge performance. Of course, Harrison Smith always deserves uh, notification. Uh, he he always deserves notoriety in the situation here at the end of the game uh, when you're looking to pass out awards. He always deserves recognition. But Sheldon Richardson, I believe, will get the Fran Tarkington Award for this particular game. The Kristen Ponder Memorial. You want to give it to Dan Bailey, but well, 48 yards isn't that close. It was indoors, and that annoys the hell out of me. Some of the goofy play calling could drive you crazy. I don't know. I mean, you, you wish you could make the 48-yarder. It would be nice. Luckily, it wasn't a huge factor. Um, some of the weird penalties, just the dumb penalties down the stretch did not help the Vikings. You can't blame the refs for everything. Some of the calls might not have been something you, you agree with all the time, but hey, they gave us some good spots that helped us in a big way. Some of those close plays where Delvin Cook rushed barely or Dalvin Cook or Latavius Murray barely was able to get him inch forward and still gave us a first down when you could argue the Packers might've had a case that it wasn't first down. So I can't get mad at the refs or anything. Um, it's hard to really pass out anything to any type of a, a bad player in this game. Nobody got really burned that bad throughout the game. Uh, I'm just annoyed with some of the missed kicks, I suppose. And again, it would be a very weak, a very, very weak Christian Conner Memorial to Dan Bailey. It's not like, get him off the team or anything. Because, I mean, who else are you going to get at this point? I mean, I I like Kai Forbath, but Dan Bailey and Kai Forbath are about the same, I think. Their level is the same. Dan Bailey has gone from a guy who might have been future Hall of Fame level to just average. He's just an average Joe, man. He's just an average Dan. And that's basically what he is at this point. But he's still good enough to be a NFL kicker, as far as I'm concerned. He could still make kicks, and I think he would in a big moment in the playoffs if the Vikings ultimately get to play in some big moments in the postseason coming up. And I think the skill level is very much there for the Vikings to do that. But they still have to do it. And when you look at next week's opponent and the opponent coming up after that, it's not going to be easy, folks. It's not going to be easy. I would sure hate to be back down to 500 again in a couple of weeks. But it's possible. Let's just uh, make sure that it doesn't go that direction. Vikings wind up coming out of that 8-4, and, four, eight, eight, four and one Okay, and we're feeling really, really, really good. But I'm not convinced that's going to happen just yet. We'll try to try our best, I suppose. So that we will take a quick break, and we will come back and preview the next week. And of course, again, look around the NFL and the NFC North, including the Thanksgiving Day game, Bears versus Lions. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, a little NFL and NFC North roundup, and of course previewing the Patriots, the 8-3 Patriots. That game will be at 325, so a little bit better, I guess. A little bit better with the timing, even though we've won some night games. I don't like night games that much. I'd rather record in the evening rather than the morning when it comes to Purple Mafia. It's just, purple. it feels weird right now recording in the morning, but it's how it goes. I mean, and I'm used to recording in the morning for Brave the Wild and Tim Explosion, but eh, so what do I care? Speaking of night games, the Houston Texans on Monday night football host the Tennessee Titans. So that's the Oilers Bowl once again. The two Oilers rivals. Neither team called the Oilers, and I wish one of them was. I wish the Houston Texans were the Houston Oilers again. I don't know. I just like the Oilers better. Even though the Texans logo is kind of cool, the name is pretty weak. Yeah, well, both of those teams are decent. Houston has had a fairly successful season. Mr. Watson there has had some wonderful uh, games, but generally seeking nothing like last year. He had an awesome rookie year before the ACL, but uh, we'll get back to him in a little while. Uh, good luck for the uh, Houston Texans tonight. I do think they'll win the game over the Tennessee Titans. Of course, Chicago, Detroit, we'll get to that much later. Dallas Cowboys, the other, one of the other Thanksgiving games, 31-23 over the Washington Redskins. And by the way, if the playoff picture was uh, set today, of the season ended today, the Minnesota Vikings would be the fifth seed in the NFC, not the sixth. They came in as the sixth seed. But, of course, things change during the course of the week. Minnesota will be heading to Dallas, Texas. And I think that's a very winnable game. I think the Vikings could beat the Cowboys. It's just tough to win on the road. But if it's in Dallas, I suppose the Vikings can win that game. Kind of crazy to think the Cowboys would be back in the playoffs. Who knows what will happen in the next few weeks. I don't think the Redskins are going to make it because Alex Smith had another Joe Theismann type of moment. So that's really sad. It did not happen on Thanksgiving Day. It happened last week when I wasn't able to record. A Joe Theismann moment on the same day... Very sad. Very nasty, broken leg there. Just like Joe Seisman of the Washington Redskins way back in 83. Colt McCoy out there. Respectable performance, but nothing great. I almost forgot about him. I almost forgot about him. Nothing great at all. In fact, the turnovers were what kind of took over in the game. And that's what cost the Washington Redskins the game in the hosting Dallas there. AT&T and all that. Uh, it's just, I don't know what they say. It's, I'm... Uh, I don't like the Cowboys that much. The Redskins, meh, you know, it's kind of a, it was kind of a boring game, but uh, Dak Prescott got the job done down the stretch. He actually had a pretty decent game despite being sacked at times. He was certainly very efficient. Adrian Peterson has come back to the pack significantly after a strong start to the season. He did not have a particularly great game against the Cowboys, but still 758 yards in the season. He is climbing up that ladder into the greatest running backs of all time, and, and God bless him. He made a statement earlier this week. I'm not even going to get into it. It's okay. Uh, But uh, Adrian Peterson, his best year since he led the NFL in rushing in 2015. Still had 448 yards last year, uh, just with Arizona alone. So he had a little over 500 when you combine his very brief stint with the New Orleans Saints, only 81 yards in four games. But thought I'd touch into Adrian Peterson. Might as well. It's cool seeing him uh, still playing and being effective, I suppose. Whether you love him, whether you hate him. And I don't hate him. I just thought he was one-dimensional. New Orleans Saints, the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, And I got a feeling it's going to be New England and and New Orleans. That's actually what I went with at the beginning of the season, and I think I'm going to be right. Hopefully I'm right about who wins it, because I don't want the Saints to win. I had the Patriots winning one last hurrah for Tom Brady. Six championships. You'll finally get number six, which is insane. And then he'll then that maybe he'll be it. I don't know. I mean, the guy's just still got it. He's still great, even though he's forty-one years old. Uh, the other ageless wonder is Drew Brees. It'd be quite a historical Super Bowl. I got to think the greatest passing quarterbacks of all time. I mean, they've passed Favre, they've passed Marino, they've passed Manning, they've passed everybody. Unitas, obviously. Wow, amazing! And again, and Matt Ryan also he did not have a particularly good game. And the Falcons are four and seven. The best record they could possibly be is nine and seven. No hope of catching the New Orleans Saints, who are 10-1, and, and having fun. Uh, the NFC, very awesome. I mean, you can almost put together the Final Four in the NFL if if the Kansas City Chiefs win a playoff game. The Kansas City Chiefs will be in the second round, yes, but will they win a playoff game? Every freaking time, no matter how great the Kansas City Chiefs' record is, they don't do jack in the playoffs. They just don't. Whether it's Andy Reid, whether it's Marty Schottenheimer, and whether it was even old uh, Dick Vermeil. All three of those coaches, very, very good coaches, obviously. Marty Schottenheimer was an excellent coach. Um, Dick Vermeil was an excellent coach. Kansas City had some success for a while there, and then things got really rough. <laughs> Todd Haley and a couple others along the way that were had no success whatsoever. Uh, but then then you can bring in Andy Reid, and he the success is back, and Kansas City's being the Chiefs again, and you get Arrowhead Stadium, and their little thing they do there, and the Vikings never win in that place. Thank God we don't have to play there this year because it's just you just you just pull out the red marker and write the little L there. Whether you're trying to be a millennial or not, you're taking the L. Um, well, because people used to say that back in the early '90s, millennials weren't talking about taking an L back then, were they? You're just taking an L. That's all you just were <laughs> I'm too old to be a millennial and I'm glad for that let's move on, New Orleans 31-17, to 17. Drew Brees is what he is 171 yards, nothing spectacular, actually this is not that great of a game in the yardage department, but he still threw for four touchdowns because the efficiency it makes everything easy, Alan Kamara, when you have a guy like that, everything's easy Mark Ingram, Julio Jones is one of the greatest wide receivers of all time if he can stay healthy, and generally he has been, but unfortunately the poor Falcons—they're just not what they were—and I don't know, man, it's too bad. It's too bad. Um, you know, I kind of almost like the Falcons now, almost partially because they're not the Saints. I, I feel the way I feel about the Saints—the way I used to feel about the Falcons—I can't can't stand them. Buffalo Bills got the uh, Jaguars' offensive coordinator fired. That's like every armchair quarterback's dream, isn't it? Oh, get the fire that offensive coordinator. <laughs> Just like Snuggle years ago with the Vikings. Snuggle will be the offensive coach. <laughs> no bleeping question about that. And obviously Jerry Burns. Um, they're booing the shit out of him. <laughs> okay, sorry. I can't say the F word on this show. I, I don't think it's a good idea. But yes, Buffalo got the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator fired. And the Jacksonville Jaguars will probably be hiring a new coach. Mike McCarthy. Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's McCarthy's next job. <laughs> <laughs> or John Filippo's next job. Well, John Filippo's interesting. He's not great yet. He's interesting, though. You uh, can definitely say that. The Buffalo Bills, geez. jeez. <laughs> it's a couple of interesting matchups here. Cleveland, hey! Vinrock, Vince Germano, go Browns! How about them Cincinnati Bengals who started out the year like they always do? Really good. Just awesome start to the season. And they're 5-6. and Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati, you suck. You start off the season so nice, and then here you go again. Like Ronald Reagan would say, "There you go again." Cincinnati is one game behind the Cincinnati, uh, one game ahead of the Cleveland Browns at this moment. Thirty-five points. Baker Mayfield is on is 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 on the scene. He is on the scene, and he uh, took it to that Cincinnati Bengals team. Just took it to him. Efficient, spectacular. Nothing great in terms of yardage, but more than enough. I mean, on four touchdowns, just whoop their butts. Andy Dalton got hurt. That did not help. Jeff Driscoll. Not Phil Driscoll, but Jeff Driscoll. The former saxophonist. Phil Driscoll. Saxophone singing and all that. Um, man, that was a good. He was a talented guy. Uh, 84 quarterback rating for Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. And that's just about it. Uh, Baker Mayfield, spectacular. Nick Chubb, awesome. And multifaceted, all that, the perceiving, the running, solid overall game. Didn't have the best game of his life, but certainly was good enough. And Cleveland is coming. Cleveland's coming, and I'm happy for them. I'm very happy for the Browns. If you're rooting against the Browns, you're a sadist. You're sick. I mean, how can you root against the Browns? I mean, a team that's been through what they've been through, and you root against them? Why is that? Especially if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. I mean, we took your team, and now we want to kick you while you're down. So we'll be skipping the Patriots game for the moment. That'll be save the best for last, obviously, and all that. Philadelphia Eagles finally won a game against the hapless garbage Giants, who used to be great. They suck now, and the Eagles suck this year, too. Four and six coming into the game. Well, they're five and six with all their talent and all this and that, and the Giants are looking for a top-five pick, and they'll get it. And they probably have to take a quarterback this time. I love Eli Manning, but I'm sorry. Uh, Carson Wentz still recovering, obviously. You know, it's like, you know... He's back and he's playing, but obviously the year after an ACL is not usually a great season. It's not, just like Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Carson Wentz is not Carson Wentz last year. He's not, and that's how it goes. Saquon Barkley, their number one pick. Well, he looked apart, at least with that 51-yard scamper to pay dirt and all that, but uh, generally speaking, was he the right pick for the Giants? Not necessarily, but at least they took Will Hernandez for their sake. Let's move on. Why am I talking about Philadelphia and New York for an extended period? They stink. So let's just move on. Nice running back tandem, Tyler Boyd. and uh, What am I talking about? I'm not even looking at the right thing. Joe Mixon actually had seven receptions in the game. Awesome uh, performance in the Cincinnati game. i got to mention that. He was uh, very valuable for Cincinnati, but unfortunately down the stretch it didn't matter. Seattle. Nope. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Remember when they started out 3-0? and Remember when the Tammie Buccaneers were 3-0 and this year? and an old Fitzy was spectacular. Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then you get Crab Man Winston in there, the old crab killer himself. Uh, well, they finally won their fourth game. They were 3-0, and and they finally won their fourth game in week 12. Jeez, uh, I mean, it only took seven weeks. It's only took about two months to win your fourth game. Good job, Tampa. I mean, that's great. And it was San Francisco, who I don't know who they are anymore. They're 2-9, and nine, and well, go ahead and take the top defensive, uh, offensive lineman in the draft or maybe a defensive line, whatever it is. But uh, San Francisco is going to need the best guy available, obviously. They might have the number one pick in the draft this year. And, uh, I guess good on them. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo pretended to get hurt so they could get uh, one more blue chip player. I think that's the secret. And then, of course, pick high in all the other uh, rounds. That might be what's going on. I'm wondering about that. But uh, Tampa Bay won the game, and that's about all I have to say. Tampa Bay finally won a bleeping game. Seattle Sea Chickens versus the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers had another strong start to the season. Now they're dropping off a bit in that NFC South. The NFC West, Seattle Sea Chickens will never catch the Rams, but they're hanging around. They are hanging around onto that. Uh, it's either them or Carolina. This game definitely had wild card implications. Yeah, uh, one of these two teams is going to make to the playoffs, and I'm well. Seattle's got that; uh, they've got the, the 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 tiebreaker, so Seattle Seahawks would be going to Chicago, and I think the Bears beat them, despite the fact the Seattle's quarterbacks better, but I think overall Chicago Bears are better than the Seattle Seahawks. Generally speaking, a week away with that one. God, Russell Wilson's annoying as hell to tackle, isn't he? And he's so efficient. Oof, 128 quarterback rating. Solid. Didn't turn the ball over. The guy just gets the job done. Chris Carson here and there. We'll talk about them next week. Christian McCaffrey is a pretty amazing player as well for Carolina, but uh, well, neither of these teams is going to do anything after the first round of the playoffs anyway. The Bears would easily beat the Carolina Panthers as far as I'm concerned. Baltimore versus Oakland. 34 to 17. Baltimore won another game and Oakland lost another game and And Daniel Carlson, I think he made a kick in this one. Yes, he did. He made a 42-yarder. Yeah, Daniel Carlson. Remember Daniel Carlson? Yeah, remember? Well, yeah, Daniel Carlson's employed, making hundreds of thousands again, so good for him at least. God, Derek Carr sucks. 47%. Lamar Jackson got the start, and he was, eh, yeah, you know, not that great against a wonderful Oakland defense. But uh, he was not good either couple of interceptions, let's keep going why am I even talking about some of these awful games <laughs> Baltimore versus well Baltimore still hanging on though, they, they, they'd they actually be in the 6th uh, seed, another team that would be hanging on in the playoffs is the Los Angeles Chargers, they whooped up on a team that's opened up 10 nothing in the first quarter Arizona's the other team that's going to look for the number one pick, the other red team that's seeing red right now, the Arizona Cardinals 2-9, and nine. oof, remember what they were just a couple years back, 2015 they were great man, now they stink Chargers 8-3. and three. They're very much in the playoffs at this moment. Very strong team. Unfortunately for them though, they're behind the Chiefs and unfortunately, you know, one of them has to start this, the playoffs on the road and it's probably going to be the Chargers. Rosen's just meh. Rivers is great. So on and so forth. Well, 45-10. to 10. I mean, San Diego moving forward. I just called him San Diego. Los Angeles moving forward. Denver with a crucial win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Case Keenum, nice game for him against a team that beat up on him pretty bad last year. Denver hanging on for dear life in Broncos Stadium. Pittsburgh Steelers with a key loss that could end up, uh, well, I don't know. I don't think they're going to get to the conference final. I mean, that was a conversation this morning on Center. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to any conference final. I think they'll make the playoffs and they'll lose in the first, maybe second round. They're not going to beat the Chiefs or the Patriots. And if they do, well, nice underdog win, I guess. But uh, I'm not that high on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're just They're just okay. You know, I mean, they're, they're the kind of team they're not going to win much. A couple more teams that aren't going to win much before we get to the NFC North. Of course, Minnesota play Green Bay, so the only other game is the Thanksgiving one. How about the Colts? They're hanging on. They they just might make it. 6-5. and five. Wow. Indianapolis Colts are back to life. and they Another wildcard type of game here. Miami. They beat Miami by just 3. 27-24. I would have been rooting for Miami in this game. Ryan Tannehill's back. It's not the other guy anymore. Gosh, that's funny. Oh, Funny to imagine, uh, um, it's not Brock Osweiler anymore. <laughs> it's funny, I almost forgot his name. <laughs> That's funny, but uh, Brock Osweiler. And he he was good for Miami, but they're probably not going to make it. Luck, respectable, solid game, of course. Generally speaking, you have 343 yards. But again, he's been throwing interceptions. He's a lot sloppier than he used to be, but that just kind of is what it is. Let's get to Chicago and Detroit. Chicago Bears went into Detroit. Detroit hung in there for a while, but the Bears pulled away down the stretch. A huge fourth quarter, 14 points, and they just got the job done. Chase Daniel was okay. I mean, he was accurate. He got the job done. Mitchell Trubisky, of course, he's a talented guy, but he's erratic, and it's kind of like, welcome to the Chicago Bears, at the quarterback position. I mean, have the Bears ever really had a great quarterback, like way, way back in the day? Jim McMahon was a very good game manager. And, well, Chase Daniel had to be a game manager in this one. He was solid. Mitchell Stavisky is more than that, but we'll see. Chase Daniel was accurate. And give him credit. He didn't turn the ball over either, despite some pretty good pass rush from the Detroit Lions. 106 quarterback rating. So good on Chase Daniel. And, again, that's basically uh, the Detroit uh, coach's style. They just give up yards and they lose games. That's about it. So, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that guy. I don't think anybody really is. And, of course, him being Matt Patricia, I didn't even want to say his name because he's so average. Uh, Tariq Cohen, great. Uh, Tariq Cohen had a couple moments, but generally speaking, the Bears hardly ever ran the ball in the game. I mean, George Jordan Howard hardly did anything. It's kind of funny, so the running game basically did nothing. Vikings running game didn't do much against Detroit either, but Chicago just got the job done. It was Chase Daniel attempting 37 passes, and he did a really good job, to be quite honest. Uh, Spread the ball all over the place. Taylor, Gabriel, Tariq Cohen, all those guys all over the field. Anthony Miller here and there. Overall good game. Taquan Mizdell had a couple moments, but uh, gosh, the two catches he made, he's like tumbling all over the place, but they were big catches and they were big moments for the Chicago Bears that helped uh, lead them to a victory there and make them favorites to win the NFC North for the first time since 2010, so that's interesting. Back in 2010, the Bears won the division, but the Packers won the Super Bowl. Pretty crazy to imagine that and that sucked. Uh, New England Patriots, are you ready to play the Patriots? Are you ready? Are you all set? <laughs> Remember when the Jets were three and three? The Vikings went to New New, uh, New York, New York Jets, MetLife Stadium, three and three Jets, kind of dangerous team. I was kind of worried actually going into that game because their defense forces turnovers, and you know. Uh, Sam Darnold's got a nice future here and there, but he turns the ball over at times, and he didn't have a great run, uh, at least against the Vikings. He turned the ball over some more, and boy, they've lost five games in a row. They're now 3-8 and after losing to the New England Patriots. Josh McCown was actually in there in this particular game, so that's turning back the clock. We all know what Josh McCown did to the Vikings back in uh, <clears throat> 2003. That's how old McCown goes. That's how far back he goes with the Arizona Cardinals and all that. The Famous call by play, uh, Paul Allen and all that. To the point, though, 27-13, to 13, New England over the New York Jets. New England is what they are. I'm always scared of them. I mean, Tom Brady has never lost to the Minnesota Vikings, which would have scared me in the Super Bowl. <sighs> this could have been the Super Bowl last year. Minnesota, New England. But no, we just didn't show up in Philadelphia. And I guess Philadelphia was on a mission, and they beat everybody, which was pretty amazing. Tom Brady didn't have a great game, but he was good enough. You're going against all kinds of names. Uh, Sony Michael coming on the scene. Big time. 133 yards in the game. On the ground. That's pretty good. James White, the guy who was the hero, laid down the stretch for the Patriots uh, against the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. He scored the game-winning touchdown, and he was good in that huge comeback. He was a huge key. Those screen passes and able to break a tackle or two led the uh, Patriots to to victory. And I still think the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender. Sony Michael has come around. He has a knee injury at the moment, so we'll see what happens with him, but a huge game for him. Uh, He missed some time earlier in the year, unfortunately, but generally speaking, 586 yards on the ground for him with five touchdowns on the season. But uh, James White is the guy that, uh, you know, we all remember very well, again, for being the hero in that game. Julian Edelman, well, (laughs) we all know that Adam Thielen's better Josh, Gordon's obviously, Josh Gordon obviously is a very good receiver as well. Rob Gronkowski, he's he's healthy. We all know about the Vikings uh, troubles with tight ends in the past. Generally speaking, the Vikings don't play well against the New England Patriots. Uh, I'm not too scared of Cordero Patterson at the end of the day. I, I'm just not. Uh, he didn't even return any kicks. He, he doesn't return kicks for the Patriots at the moment. I don't know why that is. You'd think he would be like, that'd be like a, a no-brainer for the uh, New the Patriots, considering what a good kick returner he was for the Vikings in the past, but maybe uh, Belichick doesn't trust him. I don't know. Last time the Vikings went to Foxborough, wasn't it, what, 34 to nothing? And then Randy Moss, like, went off on Childress and basically said, uh, and then he went to the media and just said, F this, basically. I'm not talking to anybody the rest of the year. And the next morning, Randy Moss is cut, and Brad Childress said, I don't give a damn if they fire me. I'm going to cut him anyway. And then he basically lied to everybody and said, this was, uh, this was not an emotional decision. Yeah, it was emotional. All right. He caught, he caught him on the spot after he went off, but Moss had no catches in that game. He was worthless at that point. But then again, it wasn't even if he was worthless, the offense was worthless. The Vikings didn't even show up to play in that game. Uh, Brett Favre was awful. I remember he got a laceration, a facial laceration helmet to to chin. Basically that was nasty. Poor guy. Um, 34-0, Thirty-four to nothing, if I remember correctly. The Vikings just sucked in that game. Um, New England, Minnesota, boy. Should we look at the history between these two between these two teams? And as expected, these two teams don't play each other very much. Well, we're playing the AFC East this year. New England Patriots lead the, lead the all-time series eight to four. When's the last time the Vikings beat the Patriots? Uh, two thousand, huh? And that was with uh, Drew Bledsoe. And the Vikings beat the Patriots. That was in New England too. Oh, I kind of remember that game. I kind of do. Yeah, very early in the season. That's when Culver was having that amazing year, and the Patriots were disappointing at that stage. Tom Brady was on the roster as a rookie, and yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) We'll just kind of let that go. Uh, He was behind Drew Bledsoe. The Vikings beat the Patriots also in 97. Hmm. I I barely remember that game, and I was watching the Vikings back then. Huh. But the Vikings' last win over the New England Patriots in 2000. Since then, the Vikings have played the Patriots four times. Let's look at the old, uh, the overall history. Minnesota won the very first game. They were called the Boston Patriots back in 1970. December 13th, Minnesota 35-14. to 14. Vikings, slightly better team at the time. 1988, the Vikings won 36-6 to 6 over an awful Patriots team that had lost the 85 Super Bowl at that point. They were just a hapless team. Man, imagine if that was the Super Bowl, Minnesota versus New England. Oh, I wish. But uh yep, ninety seven, the Vikings won. And two thousand the Vikings won. Twenty three to eighteen and then twenty one to thirteen respectively. Patriots won in seventy four by just three points. Vikings no, Patriots won by four points in seventy nine when I was about six months old there, December the sixteenth. And then again that a couple of overtime games in ninety one, which uh and then in ninety four I remember that very well. That was a Bullcrap game. Vikings were up twenty to nothing in that game, and the Patriots with uh, Drew Bledsoe came roaring back. Jack Del Rio had, had an interception go right through his fingers, and it was caught for like a thirty-yard gain. It was just disgusting. I was so sick. It was, I think it was, it was either it was either third and long or fourth and long, but it went right through his fingers. It was an interception that would have basically ended the game, but of course not. And that was the beginning of a Vikings drop. Unfortunately, the Vikings were what seven and two. Uh, during that time. 7-2, and two, and they ultimately lose the game to the Patriots in overtime. Patriots score a touchdown and end the game. I remember that very well. I was freaking pissed. And then again, the two wins in a row. Since then, the Vikings have played Tom Brady four times. Back in 'oh two, when the Vikings were pretty awful, tons of turnovers. Culpepper had so many turnovers that year, it was disgusting. 24-17, uh, to 17, Mike Tice's head coach. In 2006, that was whew, that was bad. The Patriots just rolled in and crapped all over them. I remember Warren Moon was being honored for that game, if I remember correctly, and the Patriots won 31-7. to They just rolled all over the Vikings. Patriots went on to lose to the Colts in the AFC title game that day, or that year. Patriots went 38, no, 28-13 to in 2010, to, to 18. I'm surprised the Vikings scored. I thought there was a shutout in that game. My memory's all messed up. 28-18, to it was still a pretty hapless loss. I remember Favre got A facial laceration in that game on Halloween, of all games. And then it was Happy Halloween, Randy Moss. Trick or treat, basically. That was eight years ago. Damn. And then 2014, 30-7. That's the one I probably am thinking about. Pretty awful game in Minnesota. Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Uh, 2014, the Vikings were decent, but that one not on that day. I remember the Patriots went all over the Vikings in that game. That was a really good Patriots team. They were 14 and two that year, and yet they were still considered underdogs versus Seattle because Seattle had won the Super Bowl. Uh, Pretty crazy to think, but uh, that was a really good Patriots team that finally went on to win the Super Bowl again. Will the Patriots go on and win the Super Bowl this time? We'll see. Um, Eight four and zero. They've never tied went to the over, Went to overtime twice, and the Patriots won both of them. I don't like the Vikings' overall chances in this game. I mean, the Patriots still have a ton of talent, and of course, well, they are who they are. The pedigree, the coaching. The coach and the quarterback is really the main reason why the Vikings will have a hard time. Obviously, the receivers are valuable. Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon's a big name. He's not as fast as he was with Cleveland. He's just kind of, I don't know, he just seems mediocre, but then wham, then he explodes and has a great game. Well, I hope Xavier Rhodes is healthy because we're going to need him against Josh Gordon. Uh, Julian Edelman will probably be um, defended by Trey Waynes, I'm guessing. Or Xavier, uh, what am I talking about, Xavier? Uh, uh, McKenzie Alexander, it'll be those guys going on him. Chris Hogan is a factor at times. He's had some big moments, but generally speaking, he's nothing super spectacular. Rob Gronkowski, oh boy. Well, the Vikings have been better defensively. Since that Philadelphia game, the Vikings' defense has been pretty damn good, to be quite honest. Even against the Bears, they were good. There were all those flipping turnovers. They were always screwed uh, screwed the defense over. Same with the Saints. So both of the recent losses, the defenses was still great, but the Vikings' offense basically gave points away. So that's going to be the key in this one. I mean, the Patriots' defense, is, I mean, they give up yards. Not as much as last year, though. Jeez, that was crazy. They're not as, as exciting and spectacular offensively as they were last year. But still, they are who they are. And overall, yards allowed a game. The Patriots allow, what, 377 on the season. They're in the lower half of the league, so they still give up yardage. But in terms of forced fumbles and all that, the Patriots, well, they're also kind of down there. So they're not necessarily big on (laughs) turnovers either necessarily, but they get the interceptions. So again, that's what could be the problem. 12 interceptions on the season. They are tied for fourth in the NFL with interceptions. Chicago's got 20. Jeez, Chicago 20, Miami 17, Cleveland 14. That's an improving defense. Is the Cleveland Browns have definitely stepped up defensively in the draft the last few years, and that's helped them a lot. Look, look at the Bears' rush defense, though. God, that scares me. New Orleans is even better, which is crazy when you think about that. But then again, teams are constantly passing against the New Orleans uh, Saints, so maybe we shouldn't look at that too, uh, too uh, excitingly. 107 yards allowed per game on the ground versus the Patriots, as for passing, Patriots give up 269, that's in the bottom quarter or so of the league, bottom third, bottom quarter of the league, but they do get interceptions, so that's the key right there, obviously, I mean, I expect Kirk Cousins to have a a, a good game, I expect him to get plenty of yardage, I expect Adam Thielen and uh, Stefan Diggs, to have big games, it's just you just hope the Vikings can protect the football. I mean, that's kind of number one, and then of course the other side of the ball. Just pray to God Tom Brady's not having a good game. <laughs> do do the best we can. Of course, uh, pressure the quarterback. That's number one. If you pressure Tom Brady, if you pressure Joe Montana, if you pressure Steve Young, if you pressure any quarterback, if they can't throw the ball, they can't win the game. So that's common sense. And the Vikings got the job done against Aaron Rodgers yesterday. They ended up pressuring Aaron Rodgers enough. That he was on his back on occasion, and that ended up uh, costing the Packers the game, other than poor coaching decisions. I don't expect Bill Belichick to make a whole lot of poor coaching decisions in the game. That's the one problem. Again, protect the football and pressure the quarterback, basic type of stuff, but I mean, that's the only way to hopefully beat the Saints, of course. Again, pressure Tom Brady as best as possible. The Vikings defensive line can do it. We all know they can. And of course, blitzing Tom Brady, because on occasion, you know, he gets hit from the blind side. Uh, I would like to see the Vikings continue to blitz uh, McKenzie Alexander. I think it's worth it, as long as uh, Brady doesn't sense it in, in in time. Because if he does, obviously somebody's going to be open and there's going to be a problem. That's where blitzing. Obviously, there's always a gamble when you're blitzing. But I mean, if you can get Tom Brady's blindside with a McKenzie Alexander, that'd be great. As long as you don't show it too, um, like make it too obvious, disguise it pretty good, and the Vikings will have a chance here and there. Uh, And again, Sheldon Richardson, hopefully he continues to have a good game. He's had some moments against Brady in the past with the New York Jets, but uh, we'll see at the end of the day. Um, The Patriots allow yards on... (laughs) I mean, I I don't expect the Vikings passing game to be too spectacular, but I would like to see more and more screen passes to Delvin Cook. I, I think he's more valuable receiving the ball than he is running the ball. And I think most of you that have seen Delvin Cook pretty much from the beginning of his career would agree He's he's a hybrid running back. He's he he's a natural running back in a sense, also. But at the same time, I think he's more dangerous as a receiver, as a in those screen plays than anything else. Uh, obviously, he's you get to see his gifts, his shiftiness. When he's in the open field like that, he can really display his talent, and then he could break a couple tackles. Whereas just trying to run up the gut, Delvin Cook is just uh, and he's just he's just average. He's just like everybody else. At the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned. If you can, if he can get a step and get any type of a good block in front of him, open up you know part of the red sea, so to speak, then any running back can look good. But again, Delvin getting Delvin Cook a little bit of open space, and then he can be extremely dangerous and help the Vikings win football games at home or on the road. So uh, again, ho- hopefully the Vikings can get can throw that into the game plan more more often than not, and obviously they want to, and. The Patriots are probably thinking the same thing, this and that. It's just disguise it. I mean, just get it ready, <laughs> best possible. Disguise it to a point that the Patriots are are guessing here and there. Mix things up, obviously. A couple of deep plays to Thielen and Diggs down the stretch. And, of course, uh, Diggs, very valuable on those slants as well. So, um That's the hope. This is the Patriots defense that gives up yardage, but they force turnovers, just like, uh, they're kind of like the Jets in that sense. They'll give up some yards, but they will force some turnovers. That's where the danger comes in. Do the Vikings win the game? I doubt it. I don't think we ever beat the Patriots. It would be nice, though. I mean, if you're going to beat the Patriots, you might as well do it when Tom Brady's 41. I mean, he's been undefeated against us so far in only four games, though, so you might as well make fifth time a charm, I guess, and finally win a game in New England for the first time. Since, well, not that long ago, but it's it's been a while. Since 2000, uh, I believe, yes, 2000, the Vikings beat Drew Bledsoe and the Patriots. So, that'd be great. Right before Tom Brady was the Patriots quarterback. That'd be awesome. So, hoping and praying. Uh, Tom Brady was taken in the 2000 draft. He watched Drew Bledsoe have a mediocre season that year before. Then Drew Bledsoe had the bloody lungs. Tom Brady came in, and the rest was history. Patriots will beat the Vikings, unfortunately, by a final score of... 31-27. It's going to be a close, frustrating game. The Vikings will be in it. They'll make things extremely interesting, but I think Tom Brady and the Patriots are just good enough to get the job done. They'll be 9-3, and three and the Vikings drop to 6-5-1. and one. I'm just being realistic. I hope we can flip-flop the score and the Vikings win a thriller on the road, and boy, wouldn't that be great? With that, we'll take a break and we'll get caught up a bit with fan interaction.
0: is for Purple Mafia. Hey, Joey. Brent Jacobson here. Uh, where shall I begin? A couple... Bravo Sierra penalties like that. Roughing the passer on Harry the Hitman. There. Ay ay ay. Hey. Bears are good. Nothing says we can't still... So pass them. I mean, yeah. Now they have a two game lead, but we have one more against them. Here in our building. Which I'll be in the house for, working. Security. Um. Uh, I'm saying, let's see what. What kind of injuries we have to deal with after tonight? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm about done. Actually, I'm beyond about done with Treadwell. Uh well, to paraphrase Delichek, on to Green Bay, let's kick ten different types of dog crap out the Packers next week and make this week a for- forgotten nightmare. Anyways, Skull Vikes. Happy Thanksgiving to Purple Mafia crew and uh get you later, Joey. Skull
1: Hey, awesome call there, Brent. Thank you very much. Segment number three, fan interaction, of course. Thank you again. That was Brent Jacobson from the Lakeville area, the uh, south of the river, we'll call it, basically. (laughs) And he works security for the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium when it's home games, of course. Uh, Thanks again, Brent. That was a great call and good thoughts there. And, yeah, I think a lot of us are done with Treadwell as well. I want to congratulate Brent Jacobson. I know he's a big uh, Gophers football fan. I've been critical of the program over my lifetime because, well, they've they haven't had a whole lot of success. Uh, back in the day, they were really good, kind of like the Detroit Lions way back in the old days. Good team that they they were successful. They even won a national championship in the '60s here and there, so they had some good teams. And then came the '70s, '80s, '90s, blah blah blah. A couple of good little very short spurts with Lou Holtz, he wasn't even here that long, he went on to Notre Dame, and then you had Glenn Mason, it was pretty good, and then just like he he plateaued a bit, you had that huge uh, blown lead against the Michigan Wolverines, blah 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 you you ax the Badgers, you get the ax, so to speak, back in 94, and then you get the ax again in 2003, now back in 94 that's the Jim Wacker days, I, I remember that that's the first time I remember the Gophers beating the Badgers, and then it took nine years for the Gophers to get it back again In the Glenn Mason era, in two thousand three, I believe that was the Music City year. Maybe the year the Gophers won the Music City Bowl. I think, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure the the Gophers won a bowl that year. Maybe that was the year they won the Sun Bowl. I'm not sure. But then all these years later, two thousand three, folks, there was no HD back then. Okay, there were some seven twenty TVs. They were about twenty grand back in those days, or maybe fifteen grand, ten grand, whatever. Maybe they dropped in price. Yeah, they are. they they had a bit by O three. Pardon me. Back in ninety nine, they were like twenty thousand bucks. I'm over here looking at a 4K TV that only cost me $327, and it's by Samsung. Thanks to a <laughs> the first time I ever did any Black Friday thing in my life, I did it on the internet. I didn't go anywhere. So, but ultimately, it's going to be just Christmas money that'll help pay for it. For the at the end of the day, so <laughs> only $327 bucks. That's nothing. It's crazy to think about that. But uh, there I go getting way off topic a bit. But uh, that's how long ago it was, though. I mean, you just had some overpriced uh, 720p TVs the last time the Gophers beat the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Then you see these bright gold, shiny helmets, these newer uniforms that aren't that great. I don't like them that much. I'd rather they go old school again. They look kind of weird. PJ Fleck, Mr. Rah Rah, Mr. Row the Boat, Mr. Skyuma, go Gophers. Skyuma, row the boat, go Gophers. (laughs) PJ Fleck, Had that frustrating run earlier in the season, giving up like a billion yards to Illinois. You fire the offensive, defensive coordinator, pardon me, and then you promote uh, the other guy. And um, that's a guy I'd like long-term to be the Gophers defensive coordinator because I think he's done a fantastic job. So, great. Uh, Great defense against the Badgers. Great defense against Purdue. The Gophers are going to play in a bowl game. So, that's great. Um, It's funny because it wasn't that long ago the Gophers won the Holiday Bowl with uh, Tracy Clays as the coach. And they lost the Fiesta Bowl with Jerry Kill as the coach a couple years before that. So that was in the 2014, I believe. Got to the Fiesta Bowl, looked okay early, and down they went. But uh, that was the first time the Govers had played in a Jan 1 Bowl since the, the old days, <laughs> way back. That was cool. Uh, Govers will play in a lower-tier bowl, but at least they're going to be back in one, and hopefully next year again. So God bless the Golden Gophers and getting the axe back. So I could not end Purple Mafia. Without talking about the Golden Gophers, PJ Fleck, row the boat, Skyrima. <sighs> you know, I like the NFL more than college football. I'm kind of spoiled because I watched NFL before I watched college, so it just looks like a, you know, it just looks like an inferior product to me. So that's kind of the way I am. Uh, the only college sport I really like is hockey. For me, hockey is is good at all levels, believe it or not, at, at least high school on. I've never been a high school sports fan, but occasionally I can watch a high school tournament a bit here and there when it comes to hockey, and that's about it. Uh, Ah, Gopher Hockey. Couldn't even sweep Michigan State this weekend. Yuck. But we'll move on from that. Let's get to fan interaction. Got a long way to go here, I think. Not not too long, though. (laughs) Probably not that long. Let's get to the Purple Mafia account again. Purple Mafia Show, uh, the Twitter account. Thanks again, Brent Jacobson, and God bless you. I know that meant a lot to you. You're a big, loyal Gopher football fan, and of course, Chicago Cubs and all that, and the Vikings, yes. Let's continue. At Purple Mafia Show... Which is the Twitter account? Please do give that a follow if you could. Want to thank Vince Germano out of Australia, Malcolm McSween out of Southern California, James Beck liked it, and a couple other people: Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, and James Beck retweeted it. James Beck out of the UK. Thank you guys, worldwide here, folks: Australia, California, and uh, yep, Australia, California, New Zealand, and New and uh, and England. Huh. The, uh, the, the United Kingdom. Thank you guys so very much. I believe Sam Gupta is from California as well, if I can remember correctly. You'll hear from him a little bit later. Sac City, thank you guys for the retreat. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says, Catch is on, he's, he's on his flight to Washington. Goodbye, Minnesota. And that was sad to see him go. Uh, too bad we didn't get to interact, but that's how it goes. He was busy. and I was busy too with the stupid lawn service. I was telling him, God bless. I hope everything's going well. Um, hear from him a little bit here been a bit of up. A great Washington sunset. Here we go. Let's look, take a look at this. That's awesome. Look at that. And you get that gigantic Mason-looking uh, monument, but we'll leave that alone. The Mason part of it, anyway. The Washington Monument. Beautiful-looking uh, sunset. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. He didn't. I don't think he sent it to me. He was just tweeting it out, but that, that's okay. I'll still mention it on the show, because it's cool. Uh, and then we get to scroll through all the notifications. Malcolm McSween says, Vikings coming in healthy off a bye week, but the Bears are good. Yes, and they are. (laughs) And he says, hate to say it, but the Bears defense is fun to watch. It is. It is fun to watch when they're when they're not playing us anyway. Hate to see it against us, but young, fast players flying around look fierce. And yeah, Khalil Mack is the best, probably the best defensive player in the NFL. I think he's Defensive Player of the Year, and I don't think there's any doubt. And he might even get the MVP. Though it's probably going to go to, like, Breeze or whoever. But, well, and if it goes to Breeze, so be it. Like, what are you going to do about that? Are you going to argue with Drew Brees as the MVP? Can you really do that? Matt Martin says, Glad I did not stay up for that garbage. Coming off the bye and lay an egg. We have seen it too often. Repeat of 2016, sadly. I think we're a little better than that, but we'll see. Maybe if we, if we lose both the New England and Seattle games, then it's 2016, all right. 500 again. Mad Martin says Lions doing us no favors today. That was on Thanksgiving. Must win Sunday. Otherwise the division is gone. And I'm sure we and I'm not sure we even make the playoffs. Yeah, if we lost our chances were about 28%. Now they're saying 71. I guess. I mean, but then you get New England and Seattle. I don't know how you could say it's a 71% chance you make the playoffs. It feels more 50-50 to me. Uh, Mad Martin continuing saying starting to look like another wasted season. And I don't blame you for feeling that. I'm kind of sad myself, to be quite honest. Uh, Am I following this guy? Yep, I am. Okay, good. Uh, Sam Gupta says, totally agree. Let's look at this real quick, because there was a conversation going on that he's jumped into. I was saying, yep, the type of screenplay from Mr. Uh, Cousins to Cook. Now that is the type of screenplay we've been dying for. Sam Gupta hashtag, or not hashtag, at BeagleBreath says, totally agree. Nice change of pace tonight with all three phases playing well. Yep, the special teams played well. Offense and defense, uh, great thoughts there. Sam Gupta. I believe that's it for, yep, I was saying this is definitely a must win. For the longest time, it looked like we were going to find a way to lose this one, and it really felt like it. It was not good. It didn't feel good at all. So that's the end of the Twitter account for now. And we're gonna bounce around a bit here on the Facebook page if it ever loads. It's like right there, and it doesn't load. Don't you just love when it does that? Uh, Yep, it's frustrating. The game thread. Let's go to the post-game thread for the Bears. That's the best time to do it. And I'll pass out an award for that show, and and a separate award for this show. So we'll do the post game from the Chicago game. So we are going to backtrack because we have to. I don't want to ignore you guys. That'd be terrible. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota and Purple Mafia Hall of Famer says, I waited two weeks for this and it was a garbage game until the Vikings kind of got back into it for a little while. Justin Mayer-Henry out of Colorado and most likely a Super... uh, Yeah, he's a future Hall of Famer. Says, glad I missed it. Look at this guy missing every game. Look at you. Hater. No, I'm kidding. Jacob Etrium says, the Bears didn't win. We lost. Neither team really played well. And no, they didn't. Mitchell Trubisky gave us opportunities. To win that football game, and the Vikings did not capitalize. Bottom line, so great thoughts, Jacob Etcham. He should be a star candidate. He says the Bears didn't win; we lost. Neither team really played well. I welcome the next Bears matchup at home in a few weeks. I still think we are the better team, and I think we'll win that game too. Awesome thoughts, and boy, that was a lot of a lot of people like that one. And Jacob, you deserve uh, a star for this uh, particular for the for the Bears section of the show. Yankee Zong, and we'll see what he says in the if he jumped into the Packers here. Yankee out of. Uh Brooklyn Center says when NFL decided to move the game to primetime I already had a bad feeling. Me too. Should have left it to play at noon as intended and I would have loved that. Harsh med, yep yeah, oh boy, he was kind of making fun of a lot of people here. Oh this guy's something else. Yep, he's he's from Chicago. Harsh med he likes to stir things up. He's not a bad guy, he's just having a little fun. Uh let's see, what does he say? How to cheer how did how to cheer for the Minnesota Vikings? Lie down. Try not to cry. Cry a lot. Look at this guy. Uh, and then you got uh, what's that guy's name? Ah, I forget now. I'm blanking here. Um, Willy Wonka. How could I forget? It's like popping back in my head here as I'm staring at it. Willy Wonka. Yeah, that famous mean where he's got that. He's kind of got his hand on his face, going uh-huh. You know. Oh, you watched the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Tell me how they are so good, and how they're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, we're still waiting, harsh. And that's harsh of you, harsh. Vikings get, Vikings get new stadium. They'll suck hard enough to cave in the roof on this one, too. Look at you. Well, look at you. Jeez. Look at this guy. Oh, well. I mean, and you know what? It's welcome. It's well welcome addition to the show, I suppose, even though I might drive people crazy. I'm surprised nobody responded. I think they kind of do after a little while. Bear Down, Chicago Bears! Ha ha ha! You're not in first. Well, you are in first. That was uh, yep, they are in first. The Bear Down song. And you know what? Again, I'll say again. I've said this many times in the past. If there's one team in this division that I will root for in the playoffs, if you know it, it would be the Bears. If the Bears played the Packers in the playoffs, I'd cheer for the Bears. If the Bears played the Lions in the playoffs, I'd cheer for the Lions. Let's say if the Vikings are out. There's only one team in the There's only one other team in the NFC North that I would root for, and that's the Bears. I'm not jumping on their bandwagon necessarily, but I'm not cheering for the Saints. I'm not really cheering for the Rams. I don't like the Rams. It's Los Angeles. Ugh, I, I hate LA. I'd probably like to visit the place, but I'm sick of LA teams and their glitzy bullcrap. I'm not a fan of California sports, man. It's too much. I hate the Warriors. Sacramento Kings are annoying. Lakers, come on now. Okay, Vince Germano. Yeah, I'm okay with the Lakers sometimes, but only because of Vince Germano. But there there were times, my lord. Brett McCarthy, legendary uh, Purple Mafia contributor. He's a future Hall of Famer for sure. Says, uh, once again, the offensive line lost this game. No run game whatsoever. I don't like our offensive coordinator unproven. Mike Fellers2Evans says, we have a bad offensive game plan and always play bad the first half. Why we didn't run some of that hurry-up offense in the first half to help take the Bears' defense and keep them off balance. Zimmer always gets out-coached in the first half, and our O-line is horrid. That was good thoughts, actually. I can't can't disagree with any of that, and I, I can't. Um, neither did Dave Hickey out of Iowa, who is also a future Hall of Famer. He's, yeah. I mean, it's his name is pretty much on the black already. I mean, duh. It's like a no-brainer. It was only because he was a tiny bit newer than some of the other guys. Just a tiny bit, so... That he didn't get in last year. I just had to get that first six in the original six, like hockey. Dave Hickey says, Agreed. When they have a ferocious pass rush, you can't drop back five steps and hold on to the ball. It's got to be two two step balls out quickly and run the ball. Cousins, when the red Sea parts, he is a baby when it comes to running the ball. Yeah, I'm not asking him to run. In the zone read, but when you need one to three yards, you can almost walk for seven. You're a baby. Yep. And I was mad yesterday about it, too, many times. I'd like to use another analogy, but I'll keep it clean. It's, yeah, yep, I think I know what he means. It's just another year of when the games start to matter the most is when they play the worst. And it's mostly self-inflicted. And that Bears game, it was very self-inflicted. I think both of those guys deserve a stark hand now, who is the up Jacob after Jacob and uh, Mike Fellers and Dave Vicky, I think all deserve star candidates for that show. Leland Albertson says, as in most of your comments, he's from Iowa. This is a very bad loss for this organization. Expectations for a postseason are starting to dwindle. Although there's a lot of football left to play, maybe a wild card and a first round knockout is even setting the bar too high Oof, watching the reactions by the players on the sideline seems like they have no heart left for winning some say it's all the contract extension that they paid out some say no faith in Cousins since every game he pads his stats but when it's crunch time you know an interception or fumble is coming some say we are being outcoached every game for sure the first half I'm saying let's see what's next the, the next four games bring and be the judge statements. Yep, for the uh, judge of the aforementioned statements Yep, yeah, that probably is a star candidate right there. Dave Hickey says all, all these jokes are pretty much the truth until they do something about it, and I don't see the, this team doing it. Yeah, but I think he means George harsh med harsh, harsh, med up there. Gerald Siring wraps, wraps up this section saying, "We were not ready to play. Kind of started on that ugly three and out first drive, followed by the fumble, which is becoming a concern issue for Cook. Yeah, that was a horrible fumble." It's official. We need a lot of help in offensive line. Our D plays so much better when the offense can manage time of possession, which they did yesterday. Sorry, the eighty-four million missing link theory didn't work again. Uh-huh. Good thoughts there. So the stars for the Chicago Bears section of the show. The gold star is gonna go. Uh, I want to give it to. I do. A lot of people are. Yeah, a lot of people love Rudy on to say Jacob Etrium is gonna get the gold star. For the Chicago part of the show, Bronze Star or excuse me, Silver Star. Mike Fellers, Stu Evans, Bronze Star to Dave Hickey and Leland. They're both going to bring in the Bronze Star for sure. Great thoughts there, guys. Awesome conversation. Thank you for uh, being a part of that. So there's the stars and the awards for the Chicago section. Let's move on to Green Bay. Well, briefly, I was gonna, I was saying again, also that uh, I could not get on the show. I could not do the show last week. I was basically to sum it up and telling everybody happy Thanksgiving. Leland out of Iowa says, uh, you too, Joey, and all the purple mafia. Faithful, thank you very much. Kurt Back says, We'll be waiting, Joey. Gerald String says, Have a great Thanksgiving, Joey. Hopefully, next game we're ready to play. And they were. Brent Jacobson says, That is the fun of being an opportunity. Entrepreneur. Do what pays you and let the rest fall where they may. Uh-huh. Harsh Med uh, out of Chicago says, Joey. With the way the season is going, you might only have to do one more show. Ouch, look at this guy. Uh, what was I saying now? He was saying, uh, if you lose to Green Bay next week, you might as well do the season in review show right there itself. Hopefully you don't have to do that show until the Seattle game. Then you might have to do that show on Tuesday, November 11th instead. Look at this guy. Uh... I was saying, I'll be cheering for you guys in the playoffs. I'm not going to cheer for the Rams or the Saints. And he was saying he appreciated that. And I said, no problem. And Dave Vicky says, even though we played terrible and we played as bad as we did, basically no offense and no time with the ball and multiple turnovers, we still only got beat by five points. I think the Bears are the number one defense in the Rams and New Orleans are the best offenses. Yeah, I, I throw in Kansas City too. And we should have won all those games, if not our own mistakes. Yeah, isn't that crazy when you think about that? It's crazy. We could have beat the Rams and the Saints. We could have beaten them. And if we did, who's the number one team then? Vikings. That's right. It's been a very frustrating year. Hashtag Bills loss. <laughs> yep. We have not put it all together in one game yet this year. And if we ever did, we would be unable to put where the Vikings, we never do it at the right time and choke year after year. So either great so either oh yeah, so either get your bleep together, roll through the rest of the year, or start tanking, or get some decent O-linemen in the draft with your non-playoff draft positioning. Look at the Texans. They have been playing like crap all year and they usually don't start playing until the fourth quarter and have been on an eight game winning streak. I know because I have Watson and as my fantasy quarterback. They have all the breaks go their way. Good players, good coaches, too. I believe Zimmer and staff is good, but they have made a lot of mistakes, too. Clock management, including late yesterday, too, or in the first half yesterday. Stupid play calls at this point in the season. Either get it together or shut it down. Now, that was a mouthful. You take yourself a break, Joey. Get your work, Get your work done. Get yourself a mouthful at Thanksgiving. Of course, and have a great holiday. Peace and scroll. Thanks again, Dave Hickey. Definitely a silver-laced bronze star there for him. Thank you very much. Malcolm, out of Thanksgiving. Out of Thanksgiving. Out of California says, Happy Thanksgiving. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I'm not sure why the Vikings can't hold. Wait, what What did he say? Why? I'm not sure why the Vikings can't. Oh, uh, Oh, the offensive tackle didn't play more aggressively on offense. Hell, for that matter, on defense too. More pressure on the Bears would have been nice, but my point is we have big-time talent in the receiving core. Sure, we were under fire, but still there were still at our plays for that, or at least I thought there were no worries about the show, and I hope it was a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday up north. Mark from Iowa, thanks again, Mark, and God bless purple Mafia Hall of Famer that he is, Mark Carlson. Out of Iowa. So, what's going on now? Yep, guys saying it wasn't pretty, but we'll take it. That was. Where is everything? It's like the whole thing is all jumbled together here. Vikings versus Packers in game thread. I'm going to look at it just for a second here. Probably should keep it fairly brief considering all the other stuff that was already in there. Yep, guys were saying we needed a touchdown, and we finally got it here and there. Jerry Hicks was back in there; that was nice to hear from him. Rob Summer was was a part of things. Eric Mustard, stacktastic without blitzes. Yep, that was fun, and that long drive was huge. Unfortunately, uh, the Vikings did not capitalize down the stretch, but still ate up the clock. Remmers gave up a terrible block. He basically just kind of let him. He basically was a matador out there. Late in the game. He just let the guy right past him and like slapped him on the back. I'm not sure what that was. I'm not sure what that was. Uh, Eric Mostard was saying his Revers get a half sack for that. I was pissed at Revers, but literally the the Vikings literally recovered the fumble immediately on the punt. So that was awesome. Vikings got it right back. Eric Mostard saying nice job, special teams. Guys were very happy. And that's when things went back I was saying sorry to nitpick but Cousins never ever ever makes it to the first down and that was when it was like third and 13 he got to like the he got to 12 and I talked about that earlier also Ah, uh, the bat had passed up yep, on the fourth and one I couldn't believe it extremely frustrating guys got tired of that Ah, uh, Brad McCarthy was sick of the offensive line. Gerald String was fr- frustrated as well. He thought the Vikings had it wrapped up. The Packers got back in the game, but luckily, well, I had to settle for, for a field goal, and that's extremely lucky when you sit down and think about that. Oh, boy. Mm. That was a big win, according to Josh Mayer-Henry, and I agree. Dave Hickey says, yes, Diggs to just save the game, and again, that was that huge third down conversion. That was risky. Third and six. You figure you're not going to be able to run the ball, but, uh, I don't know, and if you do run it, okay, you try to burn the clock, but then the Packers get the ball back. Getting the first down ended the game, and that was a huge play by Diggs, and he waved goodbye to the Packers. That was pretty cool. Brad McCarthy says it wasn't pretty, but we'll take it. Harsh Med says, thank you, Vikings, for beating the Packers. Now, good luck in New England and Seattle, because you're all going to need it. They are juggernauts at home, and yes, they are. I hate the Seahawks with a passion. I hope the Vikings do knock them down, and we'll see what happens. Put the Seahawks out of their misery once and for all would be The best ever, I think. Hopefully. So let's get to the post-game thread now. Near the end of the show here. Sorry, I don't know why my nose is starting to plug up. I think I have a little bit of allergies this time of year. Usually I'm not much of an allergy guy. Uh, Vikings versus Packers post-game thread is here. as Of course, now we'll get to what people had to say. Ali Siddiqui simply says skull. Gotta like that. Chris Porter out of Idaho says, congrats. Good job, Vikings. And, of course, an old, old friend of the show. Thank you guys very much from thesportstuff.com there back in the day with Chris Porter. Great guy. Brad McCarthy says, nice win. Let's take it on the road. Skull. Gerald Spring says, as usual, playing Aaron Rodgers never matters how. A W is a W, and that's all that matters. Now a big week and trip out east. We will need to be a lot sharper to pull that off. Without looking, I don't think the Vikings have to have ever beat Tom Brady. You're cor- you're correct. You are correct. The Vikings have never beaten Tom Brady. So you got that uh, right there. Would be a huge milestone if we could pull that off. And Dave Vicky says, "I believe you're right. I can't even remember even a close game against him, and there really weren't. Uh, the Vikings have gotten beaten pretty badly by by Tom Brady only four times though, and the overall uh, series is eight and four, which is interesting when you sit down and think about that." Upon the Vikings' victory in 2000 over the Patriots, the overall record was 4-4. Four and four. So the Vikings were actually 500, but the Patriots stunk before that. So generally speaking, a couple of good years here and there. They did make it to the Super Bowl in 85, but well. And they made it to the Super Bowl in 96, but well. But then again, Drew Brees had a lot of... Uh, Drew Brees? What did I just call him? Drew Bledsoe had a lot of success against the Vikings back in the day. Jeff Holmgren. I really liked his contributions in the in-game thread, and I think he deserves a star. Uh, absolutely. I think he's going to get one. He simply says yes here, but that's okay. Uh, Daryl, Daryl Hogan says skull. Jerry Hicks says skull. Jerry Hicks is out of the St. Louis area, former Minnesotan. Jeff Froyland says it was a must win was the upcoming schedule. Two tough, two, two tough ones on the road next. Thankfully they've been a good road team. And yes, they have. Uh, Eric Mustard Also good thoughts throughout the week here, throughout the game. Uh, he says they found a way to win at home on Sunday night. That's a good idea. And it only took playing a Packers team decimated by injuries. I'll take it, though, given the road ahead. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says if Rhodes is out and that was the best replacement, we're screwed. Yeah, because Hill got roasted. And Rodgers could not complete the pass to Adams. But Hill got absolutely roasted. Not to be all negative here, but I need to say it. We can't miss another field goal the rest of the season. Not in a close game. My last comment is how fitting... It was to have Moss at the game to receive his Hall of Fame ring. Scroll from Iowa. and That was very cool that Moss was able to get that. That was awesome. It's too bad Randy Moss couldn't get a Super Bowl ring, but he made it to the Super Bowl with the Patriots in 07, but the Giants miracle team ended up taking it away from them. Dave Hickey says good points. Guys, Moss didn't need to see Rogers carve us up on his ring night. It would be nice to see our first round receiver do something besides make mistakes or drop the ball. Chad Beebe catches everything thrown Adam, a.k.a. Adam Thielen, both undrafted free agent. I swear I don't ever want who drafted, I don't ever I don't ever want whoever drafted Troy Williamson and Treadwells to pick another receiver and the scout that's scouting them should be fired. Yep. Yeah, I mean, taking a receiver in the first round hasn't boded well for us, except for Moss. Or tie both of them up until the third round, because I guess they picked Diggs and Thielen and Beebe, Yep, Diggs was a fifth-round pick. Thielen was, yep, undrafted. BB's undrafted. So kudos for those picks. Eric made a point that we finally won a primetime game. Yes, those are few and far between. Not since Moss ran all over people, and we have been good in primetime. Yep, and that was a lot of fun back then. Leland Albertson wraps up this uh, whole section saying, win is a win. Now off to the east. On paper, there is a lot of intriguing matchups. Brady has struggled here and there. This year, this year, yep. (laughs) uh, A win, there could be a season changer and a strong force and momentum heading into the postseason, And yes, if the Vikings beat the Patriots. Yeah, then, okay, then things can get really interesting. Then you can start believing we could go into Chicago or into Dallas or whoever, knock them out and maybe, just maybe, the following week, something spectacular could happen. And then, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you can start building that confidence and then wonderful things can happen. That's how the New York Giants did it. If the Giants can do it, we can do it. If the Giants can do it, we can do it. That defense for the New York Giants was good. The quarterback was prone to making mistakes at times, but he was very clutch when he needed to be, and that was awesome. Uh, Eli Manning was spectacular, and nobody saw that coming. But that clutch play by Eli Manning in 07 and eventually in 11. Whew! 2011, that is, was a sight to behold, without a doubt. Passing out the stars for this show is pretty tough. Um boy. ooh. I want to give the gold star to Jeff Holmgren. I think he was awesome. Silver stars are going to go to Eric Mostard and Brett McCarthy. You guys are going to ring in the silvers. Bronze stars, it's always tough. Uh, I think Malcolm deserves one from Twitter there. I think he does. Uh, I think so many of you do, and it's hard. But, uh, you know, some of you guys have so many. Uh, great thoughts on Mark Carlson. He's going to pull pull in a bronze for this show. Uh, Eric Mostard, yep, he got a silver, if I remember correctly. Yep, Eric Mostard got a silver. I'll even say gold-plated silver there. (laughs) Yep, and he shared that with uh, Brett McCarthy. Josh Mayer-Henry deserves a bronze as well. Thank you guys so much for being a part of things, and all of you guys deserve so many stars. Gerald String deserves a star. Leland, all you guys always deserve stars, but there's only so few and far that I can give out, so it kind of is what it is. Hopefully the Vikings can beat the Patriots. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it is going to be quite a challenge, quite a contest, and again, that would catapult the Vikings into something pretty miraculous, I think. Maybe not miraculous, but maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just regardless. If it doesn't look like your year, and then sometimes it just is. Like when the Giants, it didn't look like it was their year. The Vikings beat the crap out of them with Tavares, Bleep, and Jackson in their house. And they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, again, sometimes, sometimes the stars are aligned. Sometimes January comes... And something happens. Sometimes in baseball, October happens. You squeeze into the playoffs. You're playing a team that's far superior to you. And you beat them four games to one. Like the Detroit, Lions, uh, Detroit uh, Tigers versus the Twins. Tigers were the heavy favorites to win the World Series. Twins beat them in five. And then the Twins beat the other team that had won World Series recently, St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, things can happen. Hopefully, hopefully that can happen. It's still there. The hope is still alive. Luckily, the NFL isn't like the old days where it was just San Francisco-Dallas and that was about it. And those are the teams that won the Super Bowl. Or like the Washington Redskins or the New York Giants in the 80s. Teams like that. Uh, the Patriots every year. I mean, no. The Patriots have lost Super Bowls. though. So, I mean, the Cowboys didn't ever lose the Super Bowl in the Troy Aikman era. And that was irritating. I got sick of it. So, nobody wants them to win ever again. I'm certainly not interested in seeing that happen. Um, but we'll see. The hope is still alive and that's what counts. Let's just... Uh, One game at a time, backs against the wall, and cliche after another. It's just that sometimes you have to be cliched, because if you look ahead, your season's over in a second. Football is a game of seconds, a game of inches, a game of millimeters. It's unbelievable, and that's what makes it so great, and that's why we watch it every week. As heartbroken and frustrated as we get time and time again, we always come back, because there's always that chance. There's always that chance, and teams like the New York Giants make you believe. That's why. Thank you again, Eli Manning. Uh, and I'm, about, I'm about I'm about eleven years late, but thank you again, Eli Manning. And of course, I probably thanked him more than once over the years for uh, making us dream because maybe maybe making us believe because there is always that possibility. With that, I'm going to wish all of you a safe, safe week, happy week, good week, productive week, warm week. This and that. I'm watching a little snow flurry going to bounce around, even though the sun is peeking out. I love winter, I, I do, and I'm, I'm glad the cleanups are done, and that's one major thing to be thankful for, uh, and that, this and that, so, enjoying the new TV finally something a little bit upper grade than what I'd had before it was a, it was a 1080, but it was a Toshiba, and it was, it's, you know, it's mediocre you Now I got something a little bit better so, thank you again for that <laughs> thank God for that, well just want to wish all of you again a nice, safe week I'm going to quit rambling and, uh, talk to you soon, get your Christmas decorations up if you haven't already, and if you don't celebrate it that's that's up to you and enjoy your uh, your holiday season as well take care everybody and hopefully hopefully minnesota can defeat the patriots